0: Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. Caitlin here with you guys. And Jessica. Hey, everybody. And we are talking about why being a perfect teacher isn't what your students need. And in fact, we might argue it's a detriment to your students if you are trying to be the perfect teacher. Right. And like, what is the perfect teacher, right? We're bombarded, I feel like especially
1: around back to school time, but bombarded with Pinterest images and Instagram images of like beautiful bulletin boards and like the best lesson ever and classrooms that are just like ready to be in a magazine, right? And then it feels like, oh, I don't measure up Mm because I'm not doing that, or I can't do that.
0: Right. And then you've heard so Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. I'm actually so thankful. I think we've had this conversation before that my first few years of teaching. Pinterest didn't really exist as yeah. this place to like find teaching ideas. Right. And it was I'm so play- thankful yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. And even then, like it wasn't even really, you know, Pinterest wasn't really even a thing in totally. those early years of teaching. I'm so, just so filled with gratitude for that because it creates this expectation for ourselves of what quote unquote perfect looks like. Right. And it's oh, unattainable sure. because that's nobody's reality. That's just what we're seeing in a picture on Instagram or on Pinterest or on Facebook. Right, but it's so hard to get past that when it's like picture after picture,
1: you're, when you're scrolling, like get off social media, right? Like it's too much sometimes. And we have to totally. step back and say, well, what is important, right? What makes a truly great, strong teacher? It's not perfection. Mm-mm. We're going to argue that it's being flexible with your curriculum, with the way you teach, being adaptable, right? Willing to take a risk, willing even to fail. Maybe a lesson doesn't go the way you want it to, or your kids, your students don't perform as well as you thought they would. So you take a step back and you say, okay, you know what? We're going to try a redo. Mm -hmm. There's no shame in that. And I think sometimes we feel like, nope, I had to teach it perfectly the first time and we have to move on. I have to get to every standard. I have to fit everything in. And that's when we struggle truly, right? We need to step back and say, what do my students need? How can I help them? How can I be flexible with this lesson and make it work for them?
0: Yeah, I think there's so much to talk about there, right? There's so much to unpack with everything that you just said. Because, first of all, when we're trying to be perfect, right, we're not maybe necessarily going to take those risks outside of our comfort zone to push our students more, to push ourselves more. And when we're not growing, we're really we're staying stagnant, you know, when we're not growing and trying to improve. How is that helpful for our students? How is that helpful for ourselves as educators to grow and get better and become stronger year over year? I will tell you right now, I was not the, I'm not the same teacher now that I was when I first started teaching. And that's a result of growth. That's a result of taking risks. That's a result of failing. And talking about failing too, you know, this is something that we've really learned, I feel like, as business owners, right? Mm-hmm. This was this was a real lesson, is like. When you fail at something in anything in life, it's really, really hard to look past and see anything other than that failure, right? Other than what you just didn't do well. And you get into this mindset of I'm not good enough. I'm not cut out for this. My students think I'm a fraud. I'm not helping them. And you go down this spiral of a rabbit hole of just this self negative self-talk that is not conducive for gross. For sure. And that's when you start comparing too.
1: Like, well, it worked in another classroom or that teacher is getting their students to, you know, understand, I don't know, claims and justification. And why can't I get it? And then that makes it even worse because now you're in the comparison trap, right? Yeah. And, oh, it's horrible. But so I think you and I have both learned that when you fail, like it's actually a blessing in disguise, right? Because you can take that step back and you can say, okay, what went wrong? What can I change for next time? And let me try again. Because when everything goes perfectly, right? Quote unquote, what are you going to learn? You're just going to continue doing it that way. And maybe it's your perception that everything went perfectly. But if you asked your students, maybe they are like, no, I really didn't understand that at all. Or that was so boring or whatever they say. So I think it's super, super important to, kind of recognize when things don't go right and then reflect on them.
0: Yeah, because that's we, when we grow, you know, the sure. most is what it, what is it that that success is a bad teacher. Absolutely. You know, and like you're so right that we aren't maybe even able to see when we think we're being quote unquote successful or perfect what actually could have been that was better. So when we are failing at something or when our students narratives that they submit to us are awful, what's the lesson as the teacher that we are supposed to learn in that moment? And so that's something that we've really adapted is when things aren't going well, when we're quote unquote failing at something, instead of going directly to that, I am terrible, I am awful, I can't do this, this is the end of the world, that whole perspective shifts now to being, what am I supposed to be learning right now? What is the lesson I'm supposed to take away from this? And so that perfectionism really hinders us from having that experience to being able to look at a failure through that lens because we're so concerned with being perfect that we're harming ourselves and we're ultimately harming our ability to educate our students to the highest capacity in our classrooms. For sure. So let's, like, let's dive into that
1: a little bit more. Let's take an example and kind of explore what that might look like. Um, and so you mentioned narrative writing, so let's go with that, right? Sure. I know I worked in a classroom once where, um, narratives were taught at the beginning of the year and I was assisting with the ELA lesson. So the teacher had the unit planned out and it was very well organized and, you know, it, there was great stuff in it, but it wasn't clicking with the students, right? So they were writing every day. But in the end, they didn't produce quality narratives that they were proud of, that the teacher was proud of. It was almost like the unit just dragged on and on and on, and there wasn't much to show for it. Like if you ask students what they learned, they couldn't tell you. They'd say, well, I wrote. Right. Okay, but you know, did you learn about dialogue? No. Did you learn about leads? No, right? So it wasn't like this success of a lesson that everyone was hoping for. But instead of saying, okay,
0: well, we did narratives. It didn't go well, but we're done. Next. Or not even being able to recognize that it went well because you're so So focused on being perfect. So true. I was really fortunate to work at a school where it was like the
1: teacher and I could sit down and we could say, okay, what worked? What didn't work? Uh And so we actually did that. And we were like, okay, we know the students can do better. We know we can make this better. And so We weren't done with narratives. A few months later, after we did cover other content, we went back to narratives and we spiraled it back into the curriculum, but we didn't do the same unit. Instead, we strategically taught mini lessons and had students write new narratives. And it was so much better. And then it taught us, okay, this worked a whole lot better the second way we did it. Now we know for next year, we're gonna start off this way and we can improve Mm on that again. Mm -hmm. But I really appreciated that the teacher wasn't just like, All right, oh well, (laughs) didn't go well. So I'll I'll fix it next year. Well, yeah, no. What about these kids? Right. So I think it's really important to be mindful of that, be open to trying again, and then actually doing it
0: with Mm -hmm. your current students. Totally. And so I guess our suggestion kind of to wrap things up with this concept, this you know, idea of, of being perfect, being a detriment, or trying to be perfect, being a detriment to your students, you know, is. If you're feeling that way, if you're constantly feeling like I got to keep up with everybody on Instagram or I got to keep up with everybody on Pinterest or I got to be perfect or I'm worried about my principal coming in and being embarrassed or I'm frustrated because I'm not perfect, you know, let's take a step back, take a step outside of ourselves. Maybe where does that come from? You know, where does that desire to be perfect come from? Is that from what you're seeing online? Is it from the people that you're surrounding yourself with? And try to pinpoint, you know, where that perfectionism stems from. I know it's something that I've struggled with myself and I'm Jessica too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. For a long time. And it's hard. And, you know, why are we that way? But the thing is, is we have to give ourselves grace. We are only human. And I actually urge you to kind of lean into the fact that perfectionism is is hurting us and it's hurting our students at the end of the day. Being able to fail and learn from those failures is so much more valuable as an educator than trying to be perfect all the time.
1: Right. I think it comes down to like progress, not perfection. Yeah. Constantly be trying to make progress
0: and grow as an educator but get out of that perfectionism trap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we'd love to hear, like if, you, if this resonates with you, share on Instagram, send us a direct message, tag us on Instagram that you listen to this. We would love to just kind of get your feedback and your thoughts on this. And if you are feeling this way, you know, how are you changing so that you can move out of this feeling of worrying about perfection all the time. And how are you now going to start adapting this new mindset of failure is actually my greatest teacher and is my greatest catalyst for growth in life. So share with us on Instagram. If you're one of our EB teachers, pop into the Facebook group, let us know. We just always love hearing from those of you who listen to our podcast. Um, so that being said, we will share another, uh, our free detective lesson. I think we kind of share this all the time, but it is so widely used and like the best lesson ever um, that we just we want to make sure everybody has it. So if this is your first time listening to the podcast, make sure that you go grab this free download or you haven't downloaded it yet, go grab it. It's a detective murder mystery kind of whodunit lesson that focuses on claims, counterclaims, evidence, justification. And if you go to ebacademics.com forward slash detective lesson, you can go ahead and grab that for free. All right, you, you guys. I mean? Yeah. I was sorry. Gonna say, I kind of love that. Like if you are a first time
1: listener, definitely do go grab that, right? Because it talks right into this. Being adaptable, being willing to take a risk. You're trying a different lesson, right? And trying something new. I think here's a way to have a quick win. Yes, Get out of that perfectionism trap and try something new. You
0: never know how much you'll grow from it. Great connection. I love that, Jess. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for joining us and we will see you next week on the podcast. Bye, everybody.